Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella, and I'm about to be joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Buckley, aka Big Dig Power Surfer, to talk about everything that happened this week in surfing, which includes our 2023 Vans Triple Crown winners are announced. And yeah, we're going to tell you exactly who won and how they did it. We're also going to talk about a new film playing on Stab Premium called Toasted. It is directed and starring Katie Simmer. She also edited basically the entire thing, so it's really impressive. And it's kind of like the new wave of women surfing just capsuled in a beautiful 23-minute picture. We also have an update on the 2022 Stab Edit of the Year. We have an official winner, so we know who's getting the Bitcoin. We're going to talk about the other people who might win the 2022 Stab Surfer of the Year poll. And last but not least, we have a surf sin, which obviously deserves a penance. So let's drop in. Good morning to, well, good afternoon, Buckley. Sorry, or evening. Bon noite. Bon noite. Uh, we don't have to do the j thing uh, here. That's fine with just, you know, end on the T. Damn it. I really thought I picked some shit up in Brazil, but I guess not. Uh, well, you did. It's just different accents. Got it. Okay. Well, I've got a lot to learn. But how, how was it over there? Were you just a, a lonely english-speaking man on an island or was there a lot of english uh there there's a decent amount of english yeah it was like i said before when we were there it was like this fernando neronio week thing where all these famous people went and so a lot of them tend to be able to speak english because you know they went to good schools and they've traveled the world and whatnot um but it was great i mean we had like the best hosts and guides there uh and steve elaine Pinguim, duda all those guys were amazing so they obviously like you know bridged that gap for us um and then also i speak a bit of spanish so there's definitely some similarities i i could understand a tiny bit maybe like 15 percent of what was being said but i could also communicate like if i just spoke spanish a lot of the brazilian people could understand it to a certain level so there was like that level of communication but poor dill man poor dill was just lost in the sauce was he just lost, maybe a little bit sunburnt? Just I feel like it's it, it's better when somebody's lost in a foreign country, like language-wise, and their face is covered in sunscreen. <laughs> it just makes the situation considerably worse. Yeah, he spent a lot of hours in the sun. Um, he also spent a lot of hours in the shade. We, we got to surf a decent amount on this trip, and Dill was packing some tubes. So it was a good mix of everything, really. We ate well. We you know, we surfed well, we, we filmed well, we did, we did everything that you could do or hope to do on a work trip, really. Wow. Well, there's Mikey, you know, he's just going from one tropical place to the next. Now he's in Hawaii. We're, you know, the rest of us, a lot of us are dealing with the Northern Hemisphere winter, Mikey. We're not going to Costa Rica tonight either. Um, a lot of us are just cold and angry right now. Okay. And I think you need to show some pity. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? I've heard that Portugal is actually beautiful in the winter. And you guys only, don't you only wear like a 3-2? Ah, 4 mil, but no boots and it's fine. It's just, it's cold. It's cold right now. And I've been thinking, you know how dry January is a thing? Which I'm I'm actually doing it and that's whatever. But I want, I want to do a wet January next year. Because I would argue that January in the Northern Hemisphere is the most difficult month to surf every day. I and mean, we just saw it. Like California got fucking lit up by a storm. We got hit by a storm pretty bad recently. I think it's probably the most difficult month to try to surf every day, and I want to make that a thing next year. Wet January, you got to get it every single day, no matter the conditions. So I'm announcing that. I'm a, I'm 11 months early, but there you have it, folks. And um, I want people to suffer with me, Mikey. That's all. Is that so much to ask with my short time on this planet for people to suffer alongside me? <laughs> The Pickup, presented by Vans, episode five. 
aka the tab texter experience wow <laughs> tab texter he uh if you watched last episode you will know tab texter is the people's champ he recently made it to our instagram as well where again he became the people's champ everybody loves him tab is the oldest wqs warrior in the business and he also serves pipe in the dark um I don't think he made it into this episode, though, did he, Mikey? I mean, you, as we record this, you are literally in the pickup that the show is kind of named after, about? What do you even... The, the pickup. You're inside the pickup, the car, that does the thing. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, against the public will, Tab did not get a run in episode five. But that's only because we have so many other things to cover. Obviously, the Triple Crown just ended. We have our winners. And are we going to drop it on here, Buck? We, we kind of have to, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Well, tell Mikey. Before I tell them, I do just want to say that we did something really, really lucky and really cool. And something that, um, you know, we were talking about make or break last year and how it really seemed like they did a great job of picking certain surfers to follow in certain events. And we know that I think the first episode of season two is following Kelly Slater to his victory at Pipeline last year. We did something similar. So in one of our packages, we decided that we were going to follow two surfers on the last day of the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing and basically see if they can get any last second clips to help push them over the edge and win the whole thing. So we went with Zoe McDougal, who'd been leading the women's for the entire time. And we went with Finn McGill, who actually hadn't uploaded many clips. He'd only uploaded one wave up until this point. But having surfed with Finn sort of over these last three weeks, we knew that he was holding some good stuff. So we thought he might be a good person to follow as well. Anyway, the last day of the period was the day after the eddy, so the swell was still really big. The only of the three venues for the Triple Crown that was even surfable was Haliva. So... Finn checked in the morning, it was still kind of too big and washing all over the place. Throughout the day, the swell sort of subsided and the conditions got a bit better. And they basically spent the entire afternoon out there trying to get their last clips of the entire day. So we stayed with them that whole day. It was really, really exciting. And um, basically, one of them ended up winning. And it was a come from behind victory. And I am proud to say that Finn McGill is your male 2023 Vans Triple Crown of Surfing winner. And unfortunately for Zoe, she was overtaken in that last day by Carissa Moore, who actually got a wave close to dark at Haleiwa that pushed her over the edge. So Carissa won her third consecutive Digital Vans Triple Crown title. Zoe ended up getting second, which is a real bummer because... It means that she actually, well, first of all, she lost out on $50,000. There was no second prize. It was winner take all, which is a really exciting way to do it, but it sucks if you get second place. <laughs> and she also technically missed out on a spot in the 2023 Vans Pipe Masters. However, she was in the event this year, and I believe she's going to get a spot next year anyway, just because of, you know, she's a local. She surfs all these waves really well. So anyway, that is how it went down. And yeah, it was it was really exciting. It was really cool to have this whole thing with Finn, which we filmed, and we didn't know it was going to happen. And then he ended up winning. We had this great surprise moment. So yeah, you can catch all of that on this episode of The Pickup. Wait, so... Carissa literally got that wave that pushed her over that last day. Like that was the day after the Eddie or yeah. two days after the Eddie. I believe it, it was the day after the Eddie. The day after the Eddie was the last day of the waiting period. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the wave that probably pushed her over the edge with Zoe. Oh my God. That's wild. I haven't seen that wave yet. I mean, the same thing happened with Finn. Finn got his last two waves, like his two Haleiwa waves that counted 
in the last day. Like it literally was all happening right then and there in front of our eyes. We we're there to film it. It was kind of a super session. Like Ethan Ewing, Kelly Slater, uh, Finn, all these other guys were out at Haleiwa that day because it was really good. It was like pumping Haleiwa and it was also the only place that you could surf if you were trying to get a clip. So yeah, it was it was pretty crazy how it all played out like that. Um, and yeah, really ex- exciting and it makes for a really good episode. So go watch wow. it. Wow, moral that story, folks. Take your life savings, betonline.ag, and then all you have to do is just, you said, follow them around. So you just, you stalk the person like that lady did with Mick Banning a few years ago, and boom, they're going to win. It's uh, it's a proven formula here in surfing. There was also okay. a little bit of controversy on the sort of the way that it rolled out with the winners of the individual locations, because the individual location winners... They won money as well. So, like, if you got the best two scores at Pipeline or Haleiwa or Sunset, you won three grand, second place, two grand, third place, one grand. And if you were in the top three at Pipeline, you're guaranteed a spot in the 2023 Vans Pipe Masters. So, you know, there are some people over here who, they're really good surfers, but they really do specialize at Pipeline. Like, that's clearly their bread and butter. That's where they like to surf the most. That's where they are the best. And so there are a lot of people sort of gunning just for that. And I think one of those was Lucas Godfrey, who I'm sure we've all seen him, you know, Instagram, YouTube, wherever he's, he's an exceptional tube writer, like really, really good tube writer. So Skywalker Lucas uploaded two waves, two backdoor waves, and he was reportedly going to be in the lead to win the entire location at Pipeline. So that would be 3000 bucks in his pocket and a spot in the Vans Pipe Masters, which is an event that I'm sure he would love to be in. Until it was found out that one of his waves wasn't at backdoor, but off the wall, which is literally like 50 meters away. Ooh. Like it couldn't really, no two waves of that level of consequence have ever been closer. And yeah, he basically, that wave got pulled. It didn't count. And it looks like he is not going to get any cash or a spot in the Vans Pipe Masters, at least via that sort of uh, entry way. Wow. That's got to be a first of its kind, huh? Like there's fully been WSL events where they have to run off the wall, especially if it's small. And then like, like I know people have won wave of the winter at off the wall. That's like, I, I like that it has to be a pipe back door. Cause it's just harder to get waves there as we know, but wow, that's, is that a first you think? I don't know. I honestly feel like, some other people like literally i think in the first or second episode of this year's pickup dylan um dylan graves one of the hosts was chatting with sophie bell and they were like yeah like what if you get one off the wall does that count and dylan's like uh i don't know but you know just do it i I won't tell anyone (laughs) so it's definitely been thought about before and um i would not be surprised if there have been a few other entries that have sort of slipped under the rug there wow damn controversy that is pretty much the breakdown on the vans triple crown but this episode of the pickup has a bunch of other amazing packages as well just basically showing what's been going on over in hawaii so go get amongst it it's live on stab premium and we'll be also sort of leaking out in smaller portions on our youtube i love the eddie board segment the news section is great and yeah you went into the make or break film thing oh and then i had to call out probably the most overdue segment in the history of surf media and ode to the filmers i mean you talked about dill just before it sounds like on the stab in the dark trip it was all acai bowls and <laughs> rum punches out of coconuts but uh for the most part <laughs> these people are just tortured they are tortured species and i was very happy to see them get the respect they deserve finally so nice work pickup team 
They sure did. And Mason Ho is our special guest this week in the newsroom, so you obviously don't want to miss that. You can't. You never miss that. You never miss it. Go get it. Watch. Toasted by Katie Simmers. We have been teasing this for, geez, feels like a month now, but it is here. It arrived. It dropped on Monday, and it is a fucking doozy. So if you've been following along, you've probably seen the Ramble On series. Uh, That was a thing that we did with O'Neal. That was Katie kind of going to destinations that she wanted to travel to. Like a big reason why she said no to her spot on tour on the CT this past year is because she wanted to just travel, surf more, enjoy herself, and um, get some clips. So Ramble On was more that like travel series. This is just the surf film. So mostly features Katie. But there are some clips of other surfers in there. She did a great trip to Mexico with Molly Picklum in Sierra Kerr. That's how the film opens. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that this is going to be a very, very kind of rogue and specific prediction. But Katie or Molly will win El Salvador this year. You heard it here first. Whoa. What do you think? Wow, I don't even know if Bet Online has odds about that yet. So I, yeah, you could be sort of first in the door. It's so far away. <laughs> it's 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 so far away. I'm just getting it out there. I wanted to be the first to say it. So there it is. That's out there. Just like wet January. What do you think? I mean, that to me, that was my favorite section. I'll say. I think you could tell they're feeding off of each other, and it opens with that. And that's not to say the other sections aren't great because they are. But that thing was just like, holy shit, if you have any questions about the level of these young girls coming up, just go watch that because it's fucking wild. I mean, yeah, on the point of like feeding off one another, there's literally a clip where I think it's Molly goes first, does a sick straight air. Katie goes, does a air reverse onto her head, and then Bella Kenworthy's on the third wave, and she does a straight air and stomps that as well. It's... Like, you could tell that that was a trip where, one, it was just, like, fun for them. Like, they all set it up. Like, they're all really good friends. They're of a similar age. And that's obviously a really fun place for a bunch of, especially regular footers, to go. But at the same time, like, Katie knows that she's trying to make this film. And she's really, if you read the interview on the site that accompanies the, the story, she's really adamant about females sort of, like, paving their own path and leading the charge and creating their own films and making space for themselves in the surf world and surf media and stuff. So she was really conscious of, like, what sort of film she wanted to put out. And this trip was just a great representation of that. And then they go down there and do the sort of surfing that makes you go, holy shit, like, this is really happening. This next generation of girls is going to change the world. El Salvador, heard it here first. Um... There's also, there's an Indo section. A lot of it was filmed around Stab High. Um, and Stab High, we were creating a show. So we only really showed mostly stuff that was relevant to that. So she was doing a lot of surfing around Lakey Peak when we were there. There's a Europe section. Um, she is also the first person I heard say the Challenging Series. Uh, she dropped that twice in the interview that you referenced. And I'm on board for that. I mean... We kind of, I think we've talked about it before, but they did say, hey, it's crazy, it's a new thing, and it's redesigned, and then everybody's like, no, you kind of just put Snapper on, and then everywhere else is the same. Um, so I'm on board with calling it the Challenging Series. Fun, nice job. But while she was on the Challenging Series here in Europe, she scored some waves in France and Portugal. Both of those sections are damn good as well. It's such a great time to be here. You can't really go wrong, and she certainly did not. Yeah, and also, to sort of put a bow on this whole thing, 
Katie not only sort of directed it from a you know an aesthetic standpoint and everything, but she also edited the majority of the film. Like she was in the stab office for a month, doing basically working a nine to five job, editing her own film because it was originally going to go to this guy Nick Green who she'd worked with before, but then she started you know organizing clips and saying like yeah I want this one and then she's like wait I'm just going to start like cutting this together and then one thing led to another. She made one section and she made another section and. After a short while, she had a film on her hands. Obviously, you know, we came in to help up, just clean it up a little bit, just because she hasn't worked in Premiere all that much. So, you know, there's all these little tricks that you can do to just make things look a bit cleaner and and whatnot. But yeah, this is basically all edited by Katie herself, which is a very, very, like, it's just a, a crazy, the, the Dane parallels are very obvious. Oh my God, they're just right there. They're right there. She references Dane in the interview. She talks about how she wants to, she wants people to feel the way that she feels when she watches Dane when they watch her film. Just you're amped to go surf. And it also has that that eh, kind of chapter 11, but it's definitely kind of her own taste as well. But just showing all the funny, dumb shit that you see when you're just a 17-year-old traveling the world surfing. She just handycam, gets the handycam out and films people doing weird shit. And it's just fun to watch. Kale Walsh now owns a Bitcoin. Woo! Okay, yeah, we saw this coming. Everybody saw it coming. It was the first step of the year entry, and now it's official. It won the People's Choice, and it just ran away with it in the Stab Surf of the Year voting. It's probably been mathematically impossible for anything to change in the past week or two, but still, we can officially announce it now. He won. It's over. Um... Do you think he should get a wild card into the El Salvador comp? <laughs> because let's be honest. I mean, yes, obviously. What do you think, Mikey? You're Kale. You win the Bitcoin. Are you just holding it? You're you're uh, you're a crypto expert here on this podcast. I'm I'm big holding it. I mean, look, it's already been going back up. I have a feeling it's going to go back down again before it does like its proper next surge. Um, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent holding that thing. If I'm Kale, that is it's. It's going to the moon. Wow. Okay. Well, I was fortunate enough to catch up with him. So let's see what Kale's got planned. Dale. <laughs> Fuck, what's going on? <laughs> How does it feel to own a Bitcoin? <laughs> Feels pretty good. Pretty stoked. Pretty, I don't know, pretty surreal. Is it, is it official? <laughs> it's, a, it's official. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> Sick. No, I'm proper. Kind of the dream comes true. <laughs> what are you gonna do with it? Uh, I don't know. Dad just asked me that question. We were discussing probably sitting on it. <laughs> you can sit on it, hold it. Yeah, I don't know. Seems pretty futuristic. <laughs> what about what about your friend's dad? Did, does he say hold it? Oh, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about it. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, I official. <laughs> well, it's official. That's why. That's why I'm calling you today. Should be one now. Like, are you gonna start being a crypto bro, whatever that means? I definitely watched a video like a couple days ago. What did it tell um, you? What'd you learn? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Said, said something about it it's probably coming back up. Okay. Like, hanging around. I don't know. All right, that's yeah, good. I don't know. <laughs> well, 
what's next? What are you going to do this year? Probably just uh, I don't know, try and score waves, try and go on some more swells. Just just went to, uh, don't really want to name drop, but I just did two swells, swell chases last, like recently, so I probably want to keep trying to do that. Ooh. Just try to get the best I can get. You're and you're in the middle of transit right now. You're just some in some corner of the world in an airport drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> what airport are you in? Uh, I don't even know the name, but it's pretty hot. Okay. Ooh. Okay. We're keeping it a little bit missed though. I like that. <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting interview already. I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's already good. Well, it doesn't need to be long. I just have one more question for you. Yeah. So. What? Maybe don't, maybe don't maybe sound like some crypto, crypto dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. You have a Bitcoin. You have to embrace it. <laughs> what do you... What, the, last question. Last question. What do you tell somebody who's like just kind of afraid to hit big air sections? What'd you say? What do you tell... What do you tell somebody? Yeah, if they're just kind of... If they're like... 33 years old and they live in Portugal and they're getting like afraid to hit big air sections I don't know I'd probably be afraid to hit big air sections when I'm your age Buck (laughs) 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 I already have (laughs) well it doesn't show the grassroots effort to award Luke Shepardson the event winner with some money it is Kind of the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's kind of funny, and funny is cool in my opinion, but it's not even like a GoFundMe. It's just it's just people are encouraged to Venmo him, and then one of our commenters described it as Vimeoing him. Um, I just needed to call that out. I mean, <laughs> there is – it's crazy. I mean, I think that you know, the story goes into the history of the Eddie and the fact that like the last time it ran – John John Florence won. He won 75K. Obviously, the event has changed a bit since then. But Luke this year won 10K. But there's a photo of him on the stage where he's holding his big check, and it says 350,000. It's Hawaiian Airline Miles. So I did go ahead, (laughs) and I did the math for him. I was on their site earlier. And so I think as a bonus – First of all, this Venmo thing, we have no way to track how well it's doing, but I think it's probably doing well. A guy, C-List Surfboards, a guy that's passionate about surfboards you find on Craigslist, which is fucking awesome. I love that. Uh, he kind of started it, and we got behind the movement. But anyway, 350,000 Hawaiian airline miles. I figured out that he could fly business class to Japan for 40K, okay? And then takes you 90k to get on JAL Japan Airlines from Japan to Europe. That's also business class. So with his bounty, I'm offering Luke a trip to Europe on behalf of Hawaiian Airlines. Um, I think he should come hang out with me. He could bring a partner. And I just wanted to paint a picture of what those airline miles can do for you. Obviously, if you want to fly economy, you could get a few trips to Europe. But, I mean, you won the eddy. Treat yourself, right? I I couldn't agree more. And yeah, I I'm so curious what his Venmo balance looks like right now. And for anybody that's, I think Ven, I don't even think Venmo's available outside of the U.S. So for anybody from Australia, Europe, you know, South Central America, it's basically just a, a money sharing app. It's like um 
you know, like a Zelle or whatever is like another equivalent. But yeah, basically it just allows people to send money one-to-one digitally without any hassle. Um, so yeah, in theory, like you can just, if you have somebody's username on Venmo, you can just send them cash and that's what everybody's doing. So I think it's at Luke dash Shepardson and that's S H E P A R D S O N not Shepherd. Um, yeah. So if you got a few extra bones sitting in your Venmo account, why don't you send it to Luke? He just won the Eddie. Are you kidding? Yeah. Or you can go Vimeo.com. That's V I M E O.com <laughs> and just really go through a weird, explore their whole site before realizing you're in the wrong place. But, um, I love it. I mean, it's, my friend sent me a, a text of, it's just crazy the impact that that event has. Obviously it, it goes beyond the surf space. Eddie Aikau's story is famous beyond the surf space, which I think having his name attached to it is why if it was, you know, I don't think if, if his story was there, I don't think the event would mean so much both in surfing and in the mainstream world, but makes a big splash. My friend sent me a text that his mom had sent him about the Eddie and it just read perfectly like that chat bot. <laughs> she just summed up what happened entirely. And it was the most, uh, most boomer text I've ever heard, but that's just kind of what the Eddie has. It makes us all really happy and it makes the boomers kind of just put it in very, very prosaic, um, words that are hard to mix up. Who's going to win the 2023 world title? Oh boy, big, big, big question, and one that is going to start getting answered very soon. The Pipe Pro waiting period starts on January 29th. That is the 2023 season opener. And holy shit, there's a lot going on. We've got a healthy John John Florence, we've got a healthy Gabriel Medina. We've got the arrival of the aforementioned Katie Simmers, Molly Picklem as well. And it feels like a supercharged year, doesn't it, Mikey? It sure does. Like, this is, I mean, I guess we say this a lot of years. Like, last year we didn't have Gab to start the year, so we couldn't really say it. But I think a lot of the previous years we had Gab and John, and then, you know, things happen. John gets hurt, um, whatever. But, yeah, here we are again, start of the year. Everybody that you'd want to see on tour is alive and well. Uh, except for maybe a few injuries that we can that we discussed in the cusp. But anyway, um, yeah, it's very, very exciting. The only thing that's a little bit of a bummer is the pipe forecast doesn't look great at the moment. It does not. But you mentioned the cusp there. You and Stace, as we talked about before, recorded an episode. Let's pull a snippet from that. If you haven't already listened, just listen to what these guys get into. Kelly is really seeing this as his realistic last chance of you know, one, probably making the Olympics, and two, winning the Olympics, which he actually could do. If he if he found his way to, to be the second-ranked or even first-ranked U.S. surfer on the tour this year, you'd have to say that he's one of the favorites to win at Chopo. So I know that that's, like, really strong in his mind. I even heard a rumor that that was part of the reason that he didn't surf the Eddie because he really wanted to be, like, healthy and, and ready for this season for that particular reason because he's not going to win the, the world title, right? We, we pretty much can say that as a matter of fact. But he could win the Olympics. It is feasible if he gets in, you know, say the top 10 of the CT this year and and then qualifies for Chopes, he could easily win out there. Are you, are you seriously saying that that's his focus? Like, without a doubt, that's the reason he's doing the tour this year is to qualify for the Olympics? I would say 100%. I mean, also, he just likes 
doing parts of the tour at least, right? We know that. And yeah, but you can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you speculating, or do you know that? Because he's not going to be able to do parts of the tour if he's trying to qualify for the Olympics. And if he is trying to qualify the Olympics, hundred percent he could win Tahiti. But it just seems so like holy shit. This guy does not stop. I he he's not said it to me. I can't say it. it's like a fact, but in my mind, it's a fact. Like this is the one thing in surfing that he hasn't achieved yet. And he hasn't, like in Japan, it would have been cool for him to be in the event. He obviously wanted to be in the event, but he never thought he was going to necessarily win that event. Chopes, he could 100% win an Olympic gold medal, and then he's done everything you could possibly do in surfing. So yeah, I, I would say with a certain level of certainty that that is a big motivator for him in 2023. So go listen, and also the title that I read before, that is a story on our site right now, which features a bunch of people trying to answer that question. Who's going to win the title? And also people are trying to predict the top five. That's a hard thing to do. That is a very, very hard thing to do. And we also extended it to our STAB premium members. We sent out an email link earlier this week, and we asked people to answer that exact question, who's going to win? And we actually had them order it because we knew a lot of people were going to do it. So the odds are obviously higher of somebody getting it right. And if somebody does get it right, they're going to win $1,000 on their betonline.ag account. And I mean, if you get that right, if you're able to predict, if you're able to predict both those things correctly, $1,000 to bet on surfing with should make you about $4 million. Um, because that's not fucking easy. Um and Mikey, I sent you, it's still somewhat early, responses are still trickling in, but I sent you a link to check out the answers so far. Anything surprise you at just glancing at the premium member data? I know we, we don't have percentages yet because they're still coming in, but after a quick scan, anything jump out? Well, I didn't see a lot of Italo on that top five list, which is fascinating. And like, I mean, he's obviously been in the top five for the past several years. Last year, he got second in the world. So yeah, I'm curious. I guess it's because there's all this like new young talent that's really starting to bud, you know, Jack Robinson, Griffin Colapinto, Ethan Ewing, um, etc. But yeah, not a lot of the, the former world champ and reigning Olympic gold medalist. So after seeing him in Stab in the Dark, yeah, it just this guy just doesn't fall very often. So <laughs> yeah, he's obviously beatable. Anybody is, but there's yeah it just goes to show the talent on the tour this year wow well mikey your picks will be in this piece we talked to five experts including you and stace so go get mikey's full set of picks in there anyway the premium members i want to give a shout out to the person who put jordy in first um <laughs> it was only one that i saw so far there's a few hundred answers shout out to you thank you for believing um love Love it. You're getting behind the cause. Somebody picked Slater as number one as well. That stuck out to me. Mm. And then I saw quite a few people, I'd say nearly half, if not half, a third of the people, again, will have accurate percentages once all the data comes in. But I'd say at least a third of the people having Katie Simmers in their top five. Um, I would imagine those people have watched Toasted. Yeah, that's a huge call. Katie's so talented, but to go top five in your first year, I mean, it's definitely been done before. I think Steph won the world title in her first year, but that was a very different time. And Steph was sort of like truly the first of her kind, I would say. And not to say that 
I mean, Katie's probably like the, the really only equivalent of Steph, but it's just that now you have still Steph there who won the world title last year. You have Carissa Moore, you have Tyler, Wright, You have all these incredible women who are, have such like multifaceted surfing. It's going to take a lot for her to come in as a rookie and go top five. I'll say that much. I know, but Hey, there's people out there believing it. And, um, we'll see, we'll see, but go check that piece out for the full data. Like I said, we'll have everything complete. We'll have the percentages. We'll have picks from five experts. Go give it a read. It'll be live this weekend. So you might hear us a little bit before it goes. And we also have a pipe preview. Mike and I, we've been working on that. So you'll have a full event preview. The piece that we're talking about just before, that's more of a year preview, whereas the pipe piece is specific to pipe. So give it a read. Also, we got some good stuff coming soon. We have a Jai Glindeman film. I don't even know what to call this thing other than great. Uh, it's just excellent. It's very hard to describe. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but by the time... By next week, it'll be live. Next Monday, it goes. And uh, we'll be talking about it on the podcast, having a laugh with you about it next week. We've also got a story, some good editorial stuff coming. We've got one about investing in wave pools, which is pretty kinky. And we've got some good surfboard stuff coming on the editorial front as well. So stay tuned. Now, Mikey, you want to go into a surf scene? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. All right, we've got Robin here, and this is a bizarre surf sin. This is a journey, and it is bizarre, and there is a lot, a lot, a lot to unpack. Let's hear it. What's up, guys? I have a surf sin to confess. Um, So a couple months ago, I was selling one of my boards on a used site, and some guy came to look at it, and he starts to like it he's feeling it out and uh as he's doing that i'm thinking it's a great board and he says he wants to take it and right then i was like nope no way i had seller's remorse i wouldn't let him take my board i fell in love with it by seeing how much he loved it and um so he was gracious about it went on his way you know i was a little embarrassed and i'm sure he drove a decent amount to get here we don't live in a small city Um, but anyway, so a few weeks later, I go on a surf trip, take the board and I ding it. And so it's like tainted now a little, I come back and I'm thinking, eh, I could probably sell it now. I think I'm ready to get rid of it. We had one last hurrah. It's all good. And instead of listing it again with the new, you know, details, I hit the guy up and said, board's ready. Come get it. Didn't tell him about the ding. And uh, he came and I thought he would look at it and maybe ask and maybe pass. I don't know. But he just popped in his car and went on his way. And I didn't say anything. So I feel a little guilty about it. I'm sure he's ripping on it somewhere. But it probably needed a little attention and a little bit of money. And I feel a little bad. So anyways, give me my penance and uh, cheers. What is wrong with this person? <laughs> what is wrong with her, Mikey? I mean, yeah, there's there's a few layers to it, right? Like the, the first time around, I've never really heard of someone doing that before. 
like just getting, you know, uh, seller's remorse on the spot on a surfboard, but I kind of understand it and I, and I back it. Like, I feel like that's a respectable thing. Like you're obviously emotionally attached to, to not just surfing, but the, no, what? No, you can't do that. You can't, you can't put something on. Imagine if it was, I sold a table last weekend to somebody. Imagine if she just showed up and I was just like, no, you can't have the table now. Like, you can't do that. If you put it on the site, you can't do that. Like, the person had to go out of their way to meet up with you. You can't just say no after they put in the effort and try to buy it. No, that's not – That's not. it's not like – it's one thing it was like your buddy and you talk about selling it briefly, but when a stranger rearranges their day to come see you and exchange money with you for the board, no, you can't just do that. She should have paid for their gas. I'll give you that. But it is like, you know, surfboards, they can they can pull on our emotional strings, man. We can get attached. Well, I think the fucking guy is a sinner because for him to to not just if that happened to me, as you know, I'm a big fan of these uh these second hand, third hand, fifth hand surfboard exchanges. There's no way I would talk to this person again. If they just hit me up again and were like, Hey, you wanna buy the board now? Mm. No, that guy's a sinner. His sin is being a an asshole don't like just what are you doing fool me once i would i would be yeah i would just send very mean messages to that person um okay i would not what about selling the board with the ding okay that's just a failure to disclose certain information um that's a different sin but i can't not factor in the backstory I, i i can't just focus on that little detail i have to think about this whole thing because it's a lot it's um if it was just like we've all probably kind of done that, who hasn't buckled the board, painted over it a bit? We'll get it fixed, but then you you paint over it a bit so that you can't really see it's been buckled. Who hasn't done that in their day, Mikey? Come on, I'm not I'm not holier than thou. <laughs> all right, so what's the penance? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, like I said, it's a failure to disclose something, but I can't help but think about everything else that happened before that moment. So, my penance. I want you to go out there on a clear night. Go somewhere where you can see the stars good, Um, somewhere peaceful. Gaze up in the stars. Think about the elements. Think about all the chemical reactions that had to kind of transpire for life to form, to still keep you alive. Think about consciousness and how nobody really knows what it is. You can really solve that puzzle. And I want you to think real hard and write down what you fear most in your life. Think about it. Think about it long and hard. Write maybe a paragraph, two paragraphs. I want it to be the deepest thing that you ever wrote. And then out of the blue, I want it, I want you to send it to that guy with no other context. Just dig up his number from this exchange and just send him that that just deep thing that you fear existentially. Wow. And that's going to make you feel better. So is this like a – so that, she, you know, she's able to overcome the, you know, attachment to objects sort of thing? Like she's transcending this – sort of consumerist idealism or or like what's the what's the main objective here no no it's just about disclosing she didn't disclose enough information last time so now she has to overcompensate for it Mm, got it okay that makes a lot of sense and i want a screenshot (laughs) mine's a bit more to the to the you know to the point here i guess and it's it's simply i want you to you know next time you're out surfing and you see some sort of, you know, situation arise, whether it's somebody's board gets washed into a rocks or or there's a collision or something along those lines. I want you to just offer to fix their board and do it and do a really good job at it. 
and you can, you know, say you'll take it home and, you know, you can fix it up for them and bring it back the next day. I don't, I don't know if they're going to trust you to take their surfboard home. I don't know if they should, given your track record, but maybe you can give them some sort of collateral. Maybe you've got like a loose FCS2 fin or something that you could hand them. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just think you should like do a really good job at fixing somebody else's ding for free. I like that. I like that because I think there's something very special in the eye contact that ensues when you, even if the board's not in immediate danger, but when somebody falls without a leash and you grab their board or you fall without a leash and somebody else grabs your board, the eye contact that you get when the handover ensues, it's like nothing else. Um, it's a very, very special moment. So I like it. You just have to go a step further and, and get the, the dinger pair out, get the sandpaper out. Are you good at ding repair, Buck? No, I'm bad. I'm bad at a lot of things. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. I used to be pretty good. When I was like 13, I swear I was good at it, and now I'm not. It's so pathetic. I, it's like it should be so easy. I've watched people do it so many times. I've like tried to follow their steps, every sing- and every time I fuck it up. So shout out to all the ding repair specialists out there. You, you guys make the world go round. You really do. We love you. Good night. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Drop for your weekly dose of surf news. If you have a surf sin of your own, please send them to michael at stabmag.com or buck at stabmag.com, and videos get priority over audio messages. Next week is going to be a huge one. We have pipes set to start if the forecast, you know, kind of comes together, and that Jai film is seriously not one to be missed. It is one of the more interesting things that we've ever created. It comes from the creative and devilish mind of danny johnson uh so watch out for that early next week and until then over and out